Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. <laughs> You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Support for Husker CuzCast comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineer tools for your family jewels. Hey, fellas, we all know how sensitive that area is downstairs. So we are down there shaving that low fro. Uh, you don't want to nick the nuts. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. It's just nasty. Yeah. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. This is a great deal. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. That's right, 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code BIGHEADS, all one word. All right, guys, welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the Cousins, Derek and Tyler. It's Maryland week. The Huskers need to go on the road and find a way to win to keep their bowl hopes alive. We'll talk about them later, but first we need to talk about the Wisconsin game. The Huskers fell to Wisconsin 37-21 in Lincoln, but you know what? They didn't look terrible, did they, Derek? Absolutely not. You know, it was a game... We, we fell behind pretty far, but you never really felt like you were completely out of the game. Uh, it just The way the offense was moving the ball, you felt like they could make a comeback. It just didn't happen. And uh, it was a little disappointing still as we're still finding ways to not capitalize on opportunities when they get in the red zone. So, But overall, I thought it was a pretty, well game, a pretty good game. Tyler, what's your reaction to the game? Yeah, similar to Derek. Our offense has played a lot better. I think all of us had a scoring less than 20. And our offense moved the ball really well. You know, Derek, you're right about what the disappointment in the red zone. Um, I will also chalk a little of that up into situational management in that game. You know, in the second half, I mean, we weren't playing for field goals at that point in the fourth quarter because the game was kind of in the position where touchdowns the only thing that really mattered. Uh, yeah, I, I think the offense came and played. The defense kind of sucked the way I think we all sucked, thought it was going to. Um, and special teams hit probably a low point, in my opinion, for the season. It really was arguably the difference in this game. So, yeah, it, it was a, it was an interesting Saturday in Lincoln, but definitely a fun watch. Yeah, this this was a game where I didn't feel bad. You know, we, we all thought we were going to get destroyed. But, you know, it was kind of a game in the fourth quarter. You know, we, we thought, you know, there might have been a chance for a comeback. So that was that was a welcome uh, feeling, you know, as as far as the losses go this year, this is probably our best loss. This is the loss that I'm most comfortable with. I mean, do you guys agree? Absolutely. I mean, we were competitive. Uh, it was a really good team. It was probably, if not the best defense we've faced, the second best defense we've faced. And, again, the offense looked really, really good doing it. And it was without our best offensive player. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the negatives first. 
Uh, Derek, give us a couple of negatives from this game that you saw. All right, well, I chalked this up to like four plays that I feel truly cost us the game. Uh, the kickoff return, right after we scored a touchdown, we let them return the kickoff for a touchdown. I, it killed momentum. I was in the stadium, and you could just feel like the wind went up about 20 miles per hour because everybody just going, oh, you know, and it just, it just took everything out of us. And then, and then the, the offense got back on and made it a game again. Uh, another one, and it, it kind of happened a lot in the game, but that 55-yard pass from Jack Cohn where we just had a few missed tackles on uh, Taylor. It wasn't Jonathan Taylor. It was A.J. Taylor. Uh, come on. You got you guys got to make a tackle. DiCaprio Boodle took a bad angle, tried to tackle his hips, did, didn't wrap him up, dove at him. I mean, just dove at him and – you know you can't take down guys like that, especially in the Big Ten. Uh, I heard a lot of people talk about the uh, 20-yard sack that Martinez took and how much that killed every, killed everything. Uh, that, that play didn't bother I mean, it bothered me. But what upset me even more was the fact that we got back. It was second and 30. We got to third and 25, and we got a nice little pass to Kunavainoa. We get it to fourth and 10, and it's a nice little chip shot field goal, and our field goal kicker misses it. And it cost us so much right there because now we can't we can't rely on our kicker because you couldn't make a 40-yard field goal. I can't expect you to kick anything longer. You're inconsistent at best. And that was with our good kicker back in. Uh, so I, I think that, that missed field goal – Really, really turned things for the game for us, and it didn't. It was just killed killed everything for us. Uh, and, and then the other one was right after that fifty five yard touchdown pass, we get the ball back, and Adrian Martinez throws a pass that gets batted. They intercept it, and then defense is in an impossible spot to try and stop these guys, and they get another touchdown. They end up scoring twenty points in the second quarter. And there's your difference in the game, guys. Like, yeah. And to me, that's what causes the game probably more than anything. All four or just that last one? All f- I think the four collectively. Yeah. Tyler, what do you think about what Derek said? Well, I mean, I think Derek really hit it on the head. I, I Let me paint a picture to you, okay? Let's say whether it be the interception or the kick return, one of those things don't happen. We give up a touchdown less. And we make that field goal. Okay. Now all of a sudden, we are in a position at that last drive with two minutes left that that touchdown isn't a, well, we got to score a touchdown. We got to get a two point conversion and then another touchdown and then another two point conversion. That's a touchdown that essentially puts us in the lead. I mean, that changes everything. And that's the thing is like, you know, a lot of people will make a big deal about how few points we scored in the red zone, and, and that, there's some fairness to that. There really is. But the reality of the situation is, you know, the, the at 11 minutes when we decided to go for it on fourth and four, and Adrian Martinez ran a ball, and, you know, it was a play that they sniffed out, and they, you know, really stopped it. I, I don't know if we do that if we have faith in the kicker or if it's a little bit tighter game. I think that was a position where you arguably had no choice. So it... It changed. There was just a lot. That's why I go back to the special teams because, guys, none of us thought we were going to be able to stop Jonathan Taylor. We've never stopped Jonathan Taylor. I I don't think Jonathan Taylor outplayed what I thought he was going to. I don't think Jack Cohn played a lot better than I thought he was going to. They did exactly what I thought. The difference in that game was our offense actually shocked the hell out of me, but our special teams did nothing. And then, you know, there was a muff punt in there. I mean, there was just... There, there was a questionable t- uh, kick returns out of the end zone, why we decided to return it. I mean, there was just – it just – it was a lot of bad special teams in that game. Well, Tyler, I, I want to go back to your Martinez fourth and four play where you, you could have went for a field goal there. And if, if you had made the first field goal and then you go for that field goal and make it, now all of a sudden you're down by seven, or yeah, seven, because it would have been 35 to, or 34 to 27 at that point. So, yeah, I mean, that made a huge difference in this game. Like, you have to, I don't know why we can't find a kicker. I don't know what's going on. But you're seeing it even in place kicking. You, they're, 
their kicker is kicking balls that are leaving the state, that are going out of out into the fans, and we can't even hardly get kick the ball to the two or three yard line. Mm-hmm. Like we can't get a touchback to save our lives. And so even in place kicking, it's it's hurting us. Yeah, one of the things uh, that really bothered me about this game, the biggest negative, is the tackling. And when you go back and watch the uh, highlights of the game, you're, you're going to see a lot of Jonathan Taylor highlights. And you're going to see our piss-poor tackling, you know. And there were so many times out there, and it wasn't just Jonathan Taylor that made us look like this. A lot of uh, Wisconsin, what they were doing offensively, made us look like the proverbial monkey fucking a football out there. I mean, it was such bad tackling. They are throwing, the, slinging their bodies, you know, just knocking each other over. Not getting the uh, the runner down. I mean, it was it was bad tackling. And through ten games, you would expect that the uh, fundamentals and tackling would be a lot better than that. I mean, that was the that was probably the most discouraging part uh, of this game. Was uh, you know we could we could have slowed them down using the proper fundamentals, but God, that, that sucked. Uh, do you have any other negatives, Derek? No. Okay. Tyler? Well, I mean, no, I, I but Derek, just I'm going to say this. Jonathan Taylor makes a lot of people look bad. Mm-hmm. And 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 he made us look bad, and he's made us look bad, but this was the best to- game we played against him in, the, you know, the, the years he's been there. So do with that as you will. But, yeah, I mean, it, it just nothing about that shocked me. The shocking thing is the positive, and we're about to hit that, is how good our offense looked. All right, well, we'll take it away. Hit the positives, Tyler. Well, I, I'm not going to bear. I'm going to bury the lead, because obviously we all know Mills is the lead. I'll let Derek talk about him or you, but I, I want to go back to Adrian Martinez for a second, because this is a guy who a lot of people felt should have been benched during the Purdue game. And, you know, and you could say he deserved it, he didn't deserve it, and this was a game that proved why you don't bench Adrian Martinez. This guy is a special player. Did he play the best game of his life? No. No, I mean, his stats weren't out of this world. There's a couple missed balls. But look at the team he played against. You know, Nebraska ran the ball, had a season-high rushing against uh, uh, the Badgers. And while Mills will get a lot of credit... Adrian Martinez ran for damn near 100 yards. He ran the ball decisively. I thought he looked good throwing the ball overall. I, again, I think that against that type of defense, you couldn't ask for a much better game from Adrian Martinez. Guy, there's still a nice future for him. Derek? Oh, absolutely. Uh, first off, I want to talk about the rushing. and uh, Tyler, you talked about Dedrick Mills, and he was had just a phenomenal game. And this is what I expected out of him when the year started. And we're finally, I guess, starting to see it. I'm hoping maybe it can continue. But I want to go into just the overall rushing stats. You know, Wisconsin had 320 yards rushing. We had 273. But take out Adrian Martinez's 34 yards lost on the four sacks. And all of a sudden, we're right there with him in rushing. We outpassed him by 60 yards. Uh, boys, I, I'm i just going to start off with a little trivia question for you guys. So Nebraska had 493 total yards in this game. Who was the last team to have that many yards or more against Wisconsin? Oh, that's a great question. I'm going to say... Nebraska in 2000 and whatever year we beat them with it, Taylor Martinez. No. <laughs> you got the team right, though. You do have the team right. It was Nebraska last year. Is that right? We had, 500, we had 518 yards against them last year. Now, can you name the last non-Nebraska team to have more than that against Wisconsin? Ohio State? No. Alabama in 2015. Oh, really? Yes. So offensively, this was a phenomenal game. It's just a matter of capitalizing the red zone. I I think this is in their heads at this point. I don't know 
what they need to do to fix it. Get a psychiatrist in there. There was one on Michael Severe and Benning this morning. Jack Let Stark, him go in there yeah. and fix it. Jack I want to talk about the defense. I want to talk a little positive about the defense. And I know that you guys were pretty harsh on them. I want to name a few things that I thought they did pretty well. You know, they, they come out in the second half, and they get that three and out right off the bat. And that looked really good. Uh, in the red zone, we held them to three field goals. They were in the red zone five times. We held them to three field goals. I thought that was pretty good, pretty admirable of this defense, especially for a team that we couldn't tackle Jonathan Taylor. So to stop him to a field goal, I thought was pretty admirable. Uh, you know, in the, the first quarter, we held him to zero points defensively. And the whole second half, we only gave up 10 points defensively. It was all in that second quarter. That second quarter killed us. And it, and it seems to be the same story every week. We, see, we seem to talk about this every week. It's just one quarter that just seems to kill this team, unless it's Ohio State or Minnesota. Uh, third down conversions, I thought. Nebraska converted thir- 50% on third down conversions. And this is one of the best teams in the country at stopping third downs. And not only did we did we do good on converting third downs on offense, we also held them to 33% on defense. Uh, so far, there's only two teams that have done better against Wisconsin on stopping them on, on third downs, and that was Ohio State and Northwestern. Are the only two teams that have stopped Wisconsin better than Nebraska did on third downs. Uh, we also converted them better than anybody except for Ohio State, which Ohio State's just another beast, you know. Uh, we had the most rushing yards against them. We had the second most passing yards against them. Uh, it was just amazing to see how great this offense can run when it wants to, yeah. especially against you know, a Wisconsin Badger defense. I'm reminded how far Nebraska has fallen, though, that uh, we're going out of our way to find the great positives out of a 16-point loss against Wisconsin. I mean, that – end of itself is just a little outrageous to me. Uh, but, you know, here we are talking about the positives. Why? Because we need something to hang our hat on at this point uh, with a four-win season. But what I will tell you, Justin, and you know this to be true, we're about to break down Maryland. What this game did is it kind of gives you hope that a bull is not dead. And I, I'm not, you know, we'll get in the Maryland preview, but, you know, you talk about you know, a trend and, and how de- depressing. And, and you know, Nebraska, over the last two seasons, we've had 16 games we've had over 350 yards, okay? We have the lowest winning percentage in those games of any Power 5 school, okay? I, again, this offense has had its ups and downs under the Scott Frost regime. I don't think it's been the offense a lot of us expected, but this is not an offensive problem. We our offense for the most part is doing what they need to do. Um, I the question is is the defense, and I'm going to say this: the question I have for you guys, the number one question after that game was the Mills game a blip, or is this really what we could expect to see from him over his next year plus at Nebraska? I'm hoping for the latter. What do you think, though? Because well, he hasn't I, looked. I mean, he. Has, I mean, you. I, I think this game off- gave him. I think this game gave him a lot of confidence, and I think it gave the staff a lot of confidence to give him the ball. Remember at the beginning of the year, we were all pretty fed up with his fumbles, and he hasn't done that much lately. Uh, and, and let me tell you guys something. This this was uh, another stat I found really amazing. Uh, so Jonathan Taylor had 204 yards, yes, on 25 carries. He averaged 8.2 yards a carry. It's absurd. I get it. But Dedrick Mills had 189 on 17 carries for 11.1. And again, this isn't some garbage defense that we face. Like, this is probably the second best defense. Ohio State is is probably better. And I shouldn't say probably it is better. But, guys, that's big for this offense. Now it's just a matter of capitalizing. Another another thing that I think people are – tending to forget is we didn't lose the turnover battle that's something we complained about a lot so earlier this year uh penalties penalties were we only had three penalties for 31 yards the whole game another thing that we've complained about for the last two years and it seems like the last four or five games they seem to have the penalties fixed hey i want to stay on Dedrick mills here i mean is that the uh was he the result of the you know note one dale 
Robinson in the game. I mean, if Wandale had been playing, would Dedrick Mills have received the same touches? Uh, would they have still had to hang their hat on him? I mean, what do you think there, Tyler? I think the answer is clearly no because we haven't seen them do it with him. And I and I really hope what this gives confidence is I hope Wandell's healthy for Maryland, and I hope they start to utilize Wandell at least for the rest of this season uh, as you know with the way that they ran Wyatt Mazur. Give him four or five carries. Let let Wyatt Mazur or let Wandell play wide receiver. Where I think at this point in his career he's probably a little bit better to do. Gives us another weapon on the outside. I, I mean, there's just, again, there's a lot to like about this game. I mean, an element that no one's talking about is, you know, the offensive line's getting a lot of press about how well they blocked. You know who blocked really well is our wide receiver core. I mean, they were out there on the perimeter blocking in the run game. You know, I, when's the last time you've seen our wide receiver bubble screen look that good? Every time we ran that, it it popped for eight, nine yards. It's because I mean, we weren't running it, you know, 15 times a game. <laughs> I, again, I, I just think that you saw what could happen if we had a running game. And, and again, I hope Mills is this guy. I'm, I'm, if you ask me today, I'm not buying that yet. I just think one game's too much to hang my hat because it's not just a number of carries. I mean, he hasn't looked that good running the ball all year. Um, I mean, he was breaking tackles. He looked quick. Maybe he was dinged up. We know the coaching staff philosophy on releasing injury reports. I, again, I I hope this is the real deal. I, I think Maryland, I, I'd like to see a repeat performance of that. And I think he'll get the – he. I'll tell you this. If he doesn't get at least 15 carries against Maryland, if not closer to 20, I will be very disappointed with the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one one of the things I've seen a lot of people complaining about was, well, they didn't give the ball to Diedrich Mills enough in the second half. But I think what people are forgetting is they scored 20 points in the second quarter. So now all of a sudden we were more passing. Like we had to think about passing a little bit more. And honestly, if I heard somebody complain that, well, Diedrich Mills wasn't even in on such and such drive. Well, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that we were passing and Diedrich Mills was awesome in that game, but he's not a great receiving running back. Wyatt Missouri gives you a better option in that situation. So I see why the staff had him in. Well, and, and I will say this. So besides the final drive of that uh, second half and taking out special teams, we ran 15 plays in the second half. You guys cannot tell me that we weren't moving the ball. It's not like all of a sudden we stopped moving the ball because we weren't giving it to him. We moved the ball. We were. You can't complain about. Well, Nebraska needs to score better in the red zone. They need to do this. I mean, we. He got his carries in the second half. I mean, he had a forty-yard run. He was exhausted. They took him out. That happens. I mean, again, I. Well, you can't just, take you can't you can't take him out for one play, let him rest, and then bring him back in because now all of a sudden you're giving Wisconsin every chance to to rotate too, and that's exactly what you're trying to do is not let Wisconsin rotate. So you're trying to run pace. And so I, I don't it, by bringing him back in. I don't think you're helping your matter much more either. Any any other words, or can we move on? All right. move on. I suppose we can move on. We could probably talk about this all night. But yeah. all right, hey, uh, I do want to talk about Scott Frost. Uh, he received a two year extension prior to the game. Uh, what was your reaction to the news of this, Tyler? I, you know, I, I what I think this does. Because it doesn't change what his leash was. Because I think it's long. I don't think those last two years, you know, if if they were ever to go away from him, I don't think that really changes the equation. What this does is I think it sends a very loud and clear message to any recruits that could be hearing a little bit of rumblings that Scott Frost is going to be around for a while. And, and, and there will be people that will argue, and maybe I'll hear that here in a second, that it's absurd to give a coach with his record um, – an extension and that's fair but i think with all the rumblings and what's been out there in college you to send this message this is going to help us in the recruiting trail and that's what this is about it's not about those last two years it's not about an extra six million dollars or whatever the dollar amount is i mean this was a move to change the perspective that he is going to be our coach for the next 10 years and that really changes it Derek, what you think about this? Uh, I was pretty indifferent on it. I, I agree with a lot of what Tyler said. 
Uh, I, I get where people are saying, oh, you probably could have at least waited until the end of the season to maybe think about doing this. Maybe even wait until next season to see how he does. I get it. I, I, but I think the thing, to me, the thing is, is you're seeing Willie Taggart and Chad Morris get fired. You're hearing a lot of fans starting to kind of complain about Scott Frost. And so I think it does help with recruiting saying, hey, look, you know, we trust this guy. We're, he's going to be here for a while. I do think it helps with recruiting. But I, I'm pretty indifferent on it. It's not my money. I don't care how the university spends their money. I thought the timing was just nuts. You know, I, I can't believe that Nebraska has gone from firing four win coaches a few couple years ago to rewarding four win coaches with two-year extensions. That is just outrageous to me. I, I don't know. This I think this could have waited to the end of the season. Uh, let's let's see what he does. But at the end of the year, if we don't beat Maryland and Iowa, if we finish four and eight again, is that an extra two years that you really want to tack on? I mean, you got to see some progress somewhere, guys. Adding two years at this point is absolutely irresponsible, unnecessary and irresponsible. So that's where, that's where I am on this. I, I didn't like that at all. I mean, he hasn't shown anything yet. You want to show some goodwill to recruits. He's already got five years in that contract. I don't know why you need to throw two more out there at this time. That can wait. I, I see where you're coming from, but – I just I don't I don't know. Again, it's not my money, so let the university do it. Unless you're seeing a future firing of Scott Frost in the near future, I just don't have a problem with it, and I don't see him going anywhere anytime soon. Well, certainly not now, not with the huge buyout that he has. But uh, anyway, let's uh, move on to let's talk about my bookie. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it? Well, MyBookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, and the start of college basketball season, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action at MyBookie. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to MyBookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code LATEFEES to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code LATEFEES to take advantage of the MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, Nebraska goes on the road to face a 3-7 and seven Maryland team as five-point favorites. Neither team has won since October 5th of this year. We'll see which team gets to end their losing streak. The Huskers need to win the next two to go to a bowl game. Overall thoughts on this Maryland team, Derek? Uh, Maryland's pretty bad, guys. Uh, I thought Purdue might have been their easiest game. This one's shaping up to be maybe even easier, but we still got to find a way to capitalize and win it. Uh, I, I don't. I, they're not very good. I, I, they have two quarterbacks that they're going with. Uh, and we all know what when you got two quarterbacks, it means you don't have one, right? So I, I just, I'm not convinced they're a very good team. Their defense isn't good. Uh, it, it honestly should be a fun game to watch because neither team has a good defense. Might be a lot of scoring in this game. Uh, might want to think about betting the over in this game. I don't know what I've I seen one place that was set at like 64, so might not be a bad bet there. Could be. Tyler, what do you think about this team? Well, Derek said it right. I mean, this defense is really bad. They're especially terrible defending the pass. Um, they're 114th in the country. They're 114th in scoring defense. Um, now, their offense has had success. They have a pretty good running back in McFarland that can run the ball well. Um, so I, I think that he is going to be a guy that the Huskers are going to have to watch out for. Um, you know, they have ran the ball fairly effectively throughout the season. But, guys, it, the, the, the question of this team is, we have not been able to take our defense on the road under Scott Frost. We've given up 31 points in every road game that we've had. So the question is, is, is our offense going to be out without score? Everything on paper says we should. The last game, if that offense shows up, there's no doubt we could put up a lot of points. But let's be honest, that offense has not showed up on a week-to-week basis. I mean, that was our best offensive performance we saw since Illinois. Um, it was complete game. So the, I, I, 
Are you banking on that offense? I, I think I am. I really do. I think this defense is terrible, and I like to believe we turned a corner the last couple weeks. We should be relatively healthy. Hopefully, Rondell Robinson is healthy. Uh, reports show that the injury may not have been that severe. Um, I, I, I'm hoping he is coming out and we can be full straight on offense with a Cade Warner. We haven't seen him. The offensive line clicking that we might pop. Uh, I want to talk about their offense a little bit, Tyler. You talk about their offense being pretty good. Uh, are they, though? Like, yeah, they got Anthony McFarland, but he's not even their leading rusher. Javon Leak is. They got a good one two punch at running the ball. Uh, they got a quarterback, Tyrell Pigroom, who's he's pretty good running the ball. He's got 149 yards rushing. Josh Jackson's got negative 70 yards rushing. So once he, when he's in, we're not going to have to worry about him running. Uh, neither one of them are great passing. One has a 49% passing rate passing. The other one has 59. Uh, but the one that's got 59 has three touchdowns and six interceptions. So, I mean, they don't really have a quarterback. Uh, they got a good, like I said, they do have a good running, running, uh, duo. And Tyler, you talk about them scoring, but if you look at what they've done in the Big Ten, they're only averaging like 17 points a game. And really, most of that's coming off of playing Rutgers, where they scored, I think, 48. And if you take that game away, they're only averaging like 12 points a game in the Big Ten. Uh, so, yeah, they're probably going to score some points on Nebraska because our, our, we've talked about our defense isn't where we want it to be. But let's not hype up this offense like it's some great offense they're not that good the only reason they're scoring so high is because they scored 79 against howard and i think 63 against uh syracuse and that really upped their stats quite a bit so derek what are some ways that maryland can exploit nebraska uh it's in the running game we know how nebraska struggles to uh stop the running game they also have a uh I mean, their top wide receiver guys is like 33 receptions for 513 yards. Their next one is Chikozin Okun, uh, whatever. He's only got 190 (laughs) yards. I can't even say his name. I'm sure I'll learn it uh, come next week. So uh, it seems like we should be able to stop the pass because they don't have much of a pass uh, threat. But the the running game, I think, when Nebraska's going to probably still struggle to stop. Uh, They've got a... Uh, a linebacker in Keandre Jones, who has seven sacks and twelve tackles for loss, he's going to be a little bit, a little bit of a bear to to block, I think. Uh, uh, but they don't turn, they don't get a lot of turnovers. They have seven interceptions on the year, th- four from uh, defensive backs and three from linebackers, and they all have one. Nobody has more than one interception on their team. So. I don't know if there's a lot of ways they can exploit Nebraska. I think this is – I'm going to say the same thing with this game as I said with the Purdue game. It's not really a matter of can they exploit us. It's can Nebraska execute when they're supposed to. Tyler, in what matchups does Nebraska have the advantage? Well, I mean, I think we've kind of hit it on the head as far as, um, you know, what we could do, um, you know, offensively. But I think one thing that our defense gives a little hope is – Maryland cannot score in the red zone. Now, Nebraska has been one of the worst in the country, and that's well-documented. Maryland is 127th in the country in the red zone offense. And if you look at what Nebraska did last week against uh, Wisconsin, holding up as Derek illustrated um, earlier in the podcast, I think that gives us a lot of hope that, you know what, they might put up some yards on us, but we have an opportunity to hold them when they get close. Um, they make mistakes. They penalize. They're, um, so I think when you look at the key stats, I think that while we'll give up some yards because our defense isn't good, we could actually hold them when it gets close to the end zone. So, Tyler, uh, they they rank one, they're 127th in the nation in red zone offense, and we're 121st. Uh, Derek, don't you think that's probably a, a great opportunity to bet the under in this game then? instead of betting the over? Well, maybe, but neither one of them are good at stopping teams in the def- with defense in the red zone either. So, yeah. yeah. What's going to give there? I mean, so- something has Some, to give. Something's got to give. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, truly, I, I think this is a high-scoring game. I think both defenses struggle to get stops, and I, I think it's high-scoring myself. So, Derek, what do you think that Nebraska needs to do to win this game? Capitalize. Get when you get in the damn red zone, 
capitalize, you know, and find a kicker. God damn, find a kicker. <laughs> yeah, it gets old, doesn't it? Ten it games does, in. You know? uh, I, I think there's a lot of ways Nebraska can win this game. It's just a matter of doing it. And I think it's a matter of Nebraska getting out of their own way. And, again, we're, we're stopping some of the stupid mistakes, like the penalties and the, the turnovers aren't terrible. Like, we're doing better in some of these categories. But defense is not getting the turnovers, which they need to do better at. And just just play your game. Let the offense look like it did against Wisconsin, and you can run the score up on these guys, I think. Tyler, what do you think? What does Nebraska need to do to win this game? Yeah, I think Derek kind of hit there. I think I, I, I turnovers are going to be key. I, I do believe that we are going to be able to move the ball. We're going to be able to score points. But do we have turnovers? I mean, I, that right there is the thing that still scares me on the road. We saw it against Illinois, a game we had one of the best offensive performances. I mean, the defense historically hasn't trans, transferred on the road. But we've also had a lot of turnovers on the road. So I, I think that is going to be a key thing part of this matchup and the second part of that is i think the time of possession of this game is just unique as hell both teams move the ball fast both teams don't do it well i i do think for once the time of possession will matter i think we do need to win that to kind of control the pace um and if we could do that i think we could take care of business and be playing iowa for a game to go into a bowl hey derek so you know, at the beginning of the season when Maryland came out of the gate, they just started scoring so many points, you know, averaging, you know, 60 over the first uh, couple of games, you know. Uh, do you, in the back of your mind, do you fear that that could happen against Nebraska's defense, that all of a sudden it's a Maryland scoring explosion? Is that in the back of your mind at all? Not really. They haven't done it since week one and week two. One of them was against Howard, yeah. who, I mean, come on, you probably should score 70 points on. The other was against a bad Syracuse team. And I – no, I, I really don't – I mean, I they're, they're going to score some points on us, but I don't think it's going to be like that. Like, I think their last four or five games are averaging 12 points again. Like, they haven't scored against hardly anybody. They did score 14 on Ohio State, but no, I, I don't I don't think – I'm not too worried about them scoring 70 on us, especially if Wisconsin can't do it. Tyler, how do you envision this game playing out? I think you're going to see a lot of points. I think you're going to see it early on. I think both teams are going to come out and they're going to score early. Um, I think the, the, the question is going to be who can make the stops down the stretch and who can overall control the uh, scrimmage. So I think it's going to be a lot of three and outs, a lot of fast pace, a lot of quick scores. It's, it's going to be a really fun game to watch. All right, Tyler. It's time for the games of the week. These games are picked straight up. Tyler, give us the updated standings. Okay. Well, Justin, you did not have a good week last week. You went three and three, while Derek and I both went five and one. Really? So that mean that means uh, Derek, I I'm still in first at fifty two and fifteen. Derek, your second fifty one and sixteen, and Justin is starting to get housed like he normally does, and he is forty eight and nineteen. Wow. All right, well, game one, Penn State at Ohio State. Ohio State's 18-point favorites. Tyler. Guys, we all know this. This might be one of the – I believe this is the best team in the country. This might be one of the best teams in the last 30 years in college football. Chase Young returns. That's a big gain for Ohio State. I like them to win this game. Derek. Absolutely, and Penn State's proven to me that they're not as good as I originally thought they were when they got hammered by Minnesota. Uh, Ohio State's way too good. They got a better offense. They have the better defense. I don't anticipate this being a close game. I think Ohio State just runs away with it. I agree. I, I love Ohio State in this game. I think uh, what you saw against uh, the Ruggers game last week, I think Ohio State was just trying to get through it. That way they could feast on some nittany lion ass. So uh, give me Ohio State. Game number two, Illinois at Iowa. Iowa's 15-point favorites. Tyler. I mean, there, there's a lot of reasons to like Illinois in this game. They've won four straight. They have one of the best. They have the best turnover margin in the country. Um, well, I was coming off a very emotional victory. But all those things said, I still think Iowa just has enough to edge out Illinois. I, I like Iowa in this game. Derek. I'm, I'm going to take the oddball pick here. I'm going to go Illinois. I, I've bought in. 
I'm starting to love Lovey Smith. I think what he's doing there is great. They do get a lot of turnovers. They don't turn a ball over much. I think their offense is just a little too much for Iowa to stop. And I don't think their offense is good enough to outscore Illinois. So I think Illinois finds a way to pull this out. That's a bold pick. You know, I think maybe if it was at Illinois, I could probably see where you're coming from. But And playing at Iowa and Kinnick State, that's, that's a tough place to play. They'll be too busy waving at the kids. Well, it it didn't bother them against Minnesota. And that's where I was became impressed with Iowa, really. Uh just seeing what they did to Minnesota, I thought Minnesota would have had a definitely, you know, a better uh, game against Iowa. But uh, I, I do want to ask you guys a question. I don't want to jump ahead too far to Iowa. Uh, let me get my pick out here. I, t- I have Iowa in this game, uh, based off of what Nebraska and uh, Wisconsin, the game there, what Nebraska did, and then you see what Iowa and Minnesota. Does that give you a little bit more confidence? Headed if when we play Iowa, or does it scare you more now that they beat Minnesota? Is it too early for that. Too early. Yeah, I guess we do against Maryland. I gotta see that uh, too, but I will say this: Iowa, we, we know this. They're gonna be in a couple really back-to-back physical games because Illinois is gonna bring it, and I think that there's a lot more for Nebraska to play for in that last game. With that Wisconsin game did give me a little bit of faith that we can move it against a good defense. I, I, yeah, I mean, I think all in all, I have a little bit more confidence than I did two weeks ago. That's good. All right, so I have Iowa. Next game, Texas at Baylor. Baylor's five and a half point favorites, and poor Baylor, man, choked last week against Oklahoma. <laughs> Tyler. Well, as an Atlanta Falcon fan, I can relate to blowing a twenty-eight to three point game. Um, I, I, that was brutal. I, guys, I think Baylor is going to be exhausted. I don't really think they're going to show up. Texas has lost four games this year. Every time they've lost, they've come out one the next week. I like Texas on the road. Why is Baylor? Why is Baylor going to be exhausted? They only played half of football. <laughs> I think they're well rested. I think Texas has no defense whatsoever. I think. I think Baylor wipes the floor with Texas. I, I I think Baylor's a better team. I don't think Texas isn't going to be in a top 25 after this week, after losing to Iowa State. I don't know where their heads are at. I, I like Baylor. Maybe not big, but I do like Baylor in this game. Well done. That was pretty funny, Derek. Uh, I have Baylor also. I think Baylor, they're going to get it back on track uh, this week. Texas is no uh, Oklahoma, so give me Baylor. Uh, game number four, SMU at Navy. Navy is four-point favorites. Tyler. So last year, the Mustangs won 31-30. to um, Navy really disappointed me last week. I thought they were going to show better against Notre Dame. SMU has had an extra week to prepare. I, I like SMU in this game. Derek? I thought I'd be a minority here. Uh, I, I like SMU in this game. I really do. I think uh, Navy, I'm not sure where their heads are after getting just skull drug from Notre Dame last week. Uh, SMU scores a lot of damn points. And I, I I like what SMU is doing this year. I think they pull out the big victory. That's shocking. Uh, all of us have SMU. I'm taking SMU also. Uh, it's because SMU is really good against the run. Uh, they're just not good against the pass. Fortunately, Navy doesn't pass the ball much and, or well. So uh, I think this has uh, SMU is going to get the win here. Texas A&M at Georgia. Georgia's 13.5-point favorites, Tyler. I mean, I, I think Georgia is one of the better teams in college football. I know the South Carolina lost dampers a lot of people, but they've had three pretty impressive victories. I think this game is going to be no different. I think they're going to beat Texas A&M. Derek? I've watched Georgia struggle in what seems like a lot of games. They've got some big wins. Yes, you're right. But they have struggled in some in a lot of other games. And I, I'm glad we could at least call one SEC game since they took since the rest of the SEC decided to take the week off. Uh, I think Georgia pulls out a victory, but I think it's a very, very small margin. I have Georgia also. I just have no faith in Texas A&M. Uh, time for best bets. 
This is uh, where the Cousins can make you some money by offering our best bet of the weekend against the spread. Uh, Tyler, what are the updated standings? Please don't listen to me, and I apologize if anyone's listened to me throughout the season on this. I'm 3-9, and nine, which is awful. Justin, you're on a little bit of a tear. You're now 4-8, and eight, which is still pretty awful. But Derek, 7-4-1. and one. Hey, that, I, that, that is pretty impressive. Hey, I got four of the last five, though. I fit four of the last five. I do have something building here. I got another winner tonight, too. All right, Tyler, give us your best bet. My best bet is going to go to Purdue at Wisconsin. Okay, Wisconsin's a 24-point favorite. The over-under in that game is 48 points. I think Vegas is kind of sending mixed signals here. They're, they're saying, I don't think there's going to be a lot of points, but Wisconsin's going to win handily. Guys, I think Purdue could put up 20 points on Wisconsin. I, I, just, I just don't think offensively Wisconsin has enough to be able to blow them out like this. Uh, Wisconsin is going to win handily, but I think Purdue has enough to cover. Plus, Purdue's coming off a bye. They they are coming off a bye. They like, won. They're not, they like they've won their last two games heading into this. Um, I, I would I would feel better if I thought Rondell Moore was going to play, but doesn't look like that's going to happen. But I I still think uh, that they have enough to to keep it within three times. I I like this to be like a twenty one or seventeen point victory for Wisconsin. Does it scare you? I like that game, Tyler. Does it scare you? I like that game, Justin. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it really does at this point. <laughs> because that well, was going to be my. I, I tell you what, if you can get into the prop bets, I would bet uh, the over on Jonathan Taylor because I bet he's got about three hundred yards rushing against Purdue. Their yeah. rush, their rush defense is even worse than Nebraska's. So I, I don't see him stopping Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I, I don't know about that bet. I, I went with since I think Illinois can upset Iowa. I think getting fifteen points is an easy bet. Uh, I think I think I don't see I, I can't see Iowa beating a good team like and I hate saying that a good team like Illinois but they really have turned out to be a really good team this year uh, and I, I don't think they're going to beat them by more than two touchdowns I really don't so so let me ask you this real quick plus, if, plus, if, I, plus Illinois is seven and three against the spread if I, think, Illinois, I, I think Iowa's four and five if Illinois beats Iowa or even if Illinois plays Iowa tough. Is this Illinois victory that we have, is this the key victory so far in the Scott Frost regime? Oh, it already is. I mean. It, it already is, right? as of right now. Wow. For this year especially. I, I will say that I like your pick, Derek. Uh, that was my number three pick. Tyler, I like your pick. I think uh, we're on to something here. Uh, let's... Uh, Let's talk about my pick, and I like Arkansas plus 44 at LSU. Uh, Arkansas, they're coming off of a bye as well. They haven't lost by that amount this year, and they've even played Alabama. They lost 41 there. LSU has A&M next week, so I don't anticipate them trying to run up the score here, uh, headed into uh, the A&M game. So 44 points, man, that's a lot of damn points. I know Arkansas is bad, but. I'll take the points there. They lost by 40 to Western Kentucky, though. So? (laughs) Western Kentucky, LSU, that's about the same team. Yeah, Western Kentucky, they can hang with LSU. I don't know about that one. You know what, Justin? I agree. I mean, I'll tell you this. I don't think I'd bet that one, but 44 points, I I don't like that. I mean, all it takes is one bad quarter. I mean, it it takes... it takes two bad series. I mean, it, and I, I, we might be covering this on last call. I think there might be a little bit of a pulling uh, Joe Burrows early, especially what happened out of Alabama. Well, there you go. Yeah, there's that. So, I, I, again, I, I just don't see them, LSU, trying to play four full quarters in this game. I think it's going to be out of reach. Arkansas, they can score a couple of touchdowns. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I, I love that pick. Uh, let's move on to the score prediction. Uh, Nebraska minus five at Maryland. Tanner, score prediction. Guys, I, I, I think Nebraska is going to come out and look good. I think Adrian Martinez found a little bit of rhythm. Um, I, I, I just, I was high on Maryland going in this year. I lost faith. I think this is a, 
victory for the Huskers. And I think not only that, this can be the first time our defense has stopped, held the team under 30 points on the road under the Scott Frost. I like Nebraska to win 41 to 27. Derek. Well, shit, we can't get much closer. Well, we did once we tied. Uh, I, I, Tyler, I agree with you. I, I think, uh, I think this is a bad team. I think Nebraska has more to play for. I think Nebraska is going to come out ready to go. Uh, I have Nebraska winning 42 to 28. All right, guys, this is this is another game that I really want to do as my best bet. I already locked it in at five. Uh, but, you know, we don't, you guys really uh, don't like betting on Nebraska. But I'm telling you, I, I love the way that Nebraska is coming off the Wisconsin game. Maryland's uh, not playing great. Tyler, you're shaking your head because you hate when this happens. But, uh, I think we go on the road. We keep our bowl hopes alive. That's the number one goal for this entire team is to make to a, get to a bowl game, and this is a must win. I mean, they're not going to hold back anything in this game. There's no sense to hold back anything because you absolutely have to secure this win with any chance to play in the postseason. Most important game on the schedule, sadly. So – Nebraska wins 38-24. I'm really shocked none of us had uh, Maryland scoring above 30. I was a little shocked by that. Well, I mean, I I think we all think that Maryland's terrible. I mean, we're all still giving them 24-plus points. (laughs) I mean, it's not like we have a lot of faith in the defense. And the bad thing is they haven't scored, like, more than 24 points since Rutgers. So let me ask you guys this. I was thinking about this when I did my score prediction, and then we'll go to last call. But, um, you know, with with this game, you know, the way we basically all have it, the same score. So if if that happens and we win, you know, know, let's just say I was in the middle, 41-27, whatever it is, are we going to be happy come next week? Because I was thinking about that. Us giving up that many points, I I think we're going to be complaining about our defense. Even uh, if they do what we all think they're going to do. I, I think at this point, I think we know what we are. I, I think we don't have any high expectations for our defense. Uh, our defense is going to give up a lot of yards and a lot of points because that's just what they do. The whole thing is we need to have confidence in the offense to outscore what the defense can give up. So I think this is one of those games, especially if Wandale is back, uh, I think this is one of those games where we can do better than what our defense can allow. I mean, it, it just becomes uh, math. You know, it's like like Scott Frost says, you know, uh, we just need to score more than 30 points. Well, this is one of those games. Uh, we, we shouldn't give up more than 30 to Maryland, but crazy shit's happened this season. So, no, I, I don't think we're going to be mad. I think all of us have a two-touchdown win. Uh, you know, I mean, if we, if, we, if, we, if we lose this game, I, I may be retiring. I may be in an alcoholic coma. I mean, this, this would be about as disappointing of a loss as under Scott Frost is if we lose against this game against Maryland with the bull hopes this much on the line. Yeah, it kind of makes that two-year extension look pretty damn silly, doesn't it? I know Tyler doesn't want to debate anything because he doesn't want to say anything bad about Scott Frost because he thinks it's blasphemy. Oh I do not think it's blasphemy. I, I God, dude, This is such a... We're all in. Have you ever played poker? We pushed all of our chips in when we got rid of Mike Riley in year three. That's what we did. And we all know that's what we did. And so why yep. can't we just say... We're, that's where we're living. So who cares about two years at this point? Just saying, just saying. Got to see improvements. So trust me, I, I, I don't. I'm not looking forward for Bully Taggart to be our next coach. I don't want that. So PJ Fleck, anybody? Yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Let's not do that. Uh, I can row a boat. <laughs> you can sink a boat, you fat ass. <laughs> Hey, let's take a quick break to hear from another great podcast on the Big Heads Media Network. 
Stay up to date with the latest in Major League Baseball with the End of the Shift Baseball Podcast. Are you tired of the same old way baseball writers complain about the new changes in the game? Well, this is not the show for you. The End of the Shift Podcast with a modern take on what makes baseball great. And the ball will be hit into the shift. They get an out, it's only because of that shift. And they do! And that's why you follow the numbers. Join co-hosts Max Gross and Kyle McRaby for weekly updates every Sunday night. Or find us on Twitter at Into the Shift Pod. It's the Into the Shift Baseball Podcast. All right, it's time for last call. We're going to get out of here. Uh, no topics are off limits. Last call to you, Tyler. So my last call goes, I kind of you know, teased this a little bit ago. It goes out to Alabama quarterback Tua Tago. I'm so bad as that. Tag, Tag, Tag of Lola. Lola. Um, I mean, for people that did not see, um, he dislocated his hip. Um, you know, it's a similar injury to what happened to Bo Jackson. It sounds like it won't be that severe because they caught it early. But, man, I, I'm not a big proponent to playing college athletes. But if there was a time that you're like, man, that guy should have made money, it's now. Who knows where his career is going to go. I just hope that he ends up making the NFL and has a career because he is a special talent. Um, as much as I hate Alabama, I, I just hate to see this. It's, it's really tragic, and um, you know my, my last sip of whiskey goes to you, Tua. Uh, I'll get my bourbon up, too. I'll drink a beer. <laughs> All right, thoughts, Derek? I, I feel bad for the kid. I hate Alabama. I'm not a big fan of Tua. Tag of Iloa. Uh, but, but it's a shame. I don't like seeing a kid get hurt like that. Uh, I hear a lot of people complaining, well, he shouldn't have been in. Well, I mean, it was still a second quarter. I mean, it's not like he was in a fourth quarter up 50 points. I mean, it was still a second quarter. I don't have a problem with Nick Saban keeping the starters into the first half. Hey, do you, do you guys know, did he have an insurance policy on, on him? I believe he did. So he did? he's going to get something out of it. Okay, yeah. if he can't come back healthy. Well, that's good. I mean, but, great talent, man. I hate seeing great talent, you know, go that way. So let's let's hope he gets a, a full recovery. You know, he is good for the game. He is good for the game. But last call to you, uh, Derek. All right, my last call goes to Mason Rudolph. Uh, you know, you can't be much more dumb than this guy. And he should have been suspended as much as not maybe not as much as Miles Garrett, but he should have been suspended as well. Uh, but just a little advice to all you players out there that listen, love to listen to our podcast: uh, if a if a guy rips your helmet off, don't charge him because he's going to hit you in the head with a dumbass. <laughs> Man, I can't believe you're defending Miles Garrett for that. I mean, come on, have some sympathy. I mean, basically, no. he. Mason Rudolph tried to hit him in the nuts twice. He tried to rip off his helmet. Like, he started it. What Was hitting him with the helmet a little excessive? Absolutely. But let's not make it sound like Mason Rudolph was completely innocent in this whole thing. Wasn't completely innocent, but, man, swinging a helmet, man, that's that's just not – that could be deadly. That that could really – Make him hey, don't like go a... after my shaved nuts, and I won't hit you in the helmet. <laughs> I can make him look like a real window licker. I mean, with the... <laughs> anyway, Tyler, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I think Miles Garrett should, could be arrested for assault. I mean, that that is insane what he did. This is absurd. Uh, I hate that. Um, oh my! You can't swing a helmet at someone. That's insane. I you can't say it's just because of a game. I anyway. If Mason Rudolph wants to press charges, he will. He just will leave the league because every guy in the damn NFL is going to try and kill him. All right, I guess that means last call to me now. <laughs> hey, my last call goes out to Nebraska ball. Fred Hoiberg secured his first win against South Dakota State in a game where they won ninety to seventy three. After those first two games, guys, uh, it looked pretty bad. But you know what? When this offense can actually put the ball through the hoop, this offense looks really fun. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, they could give us something to root for. You know, it could be an entertaining year if they can be showing more consistency here. So, 
What do you think there, Tyler? I I am not going to overreact on that win. Um, but I'm glad we finally got our first win. So yeah, that that's good to see. But yeah, I'm not gonna roll the dice that we're going to win many more. Derek. I agree with Tyler, but I will also say this offense was much more fun to watch than Tim Miles' offense. Like, if it can be that consistent and you can – I mean, you don't have to score 90 points every every time, but, man, it's fast-paced. It was just – it leaves so much more to the imagination than watching Nebraska score 50 points and beating them 50-48. to 48. Yeah. Uh, it, it was fun to watch, and I, I, think, the, I think the future is bright. And I've – been pretty harsh on uh, Hoiberg after those first two games, uh, but I never doubted that he was probably the right guy. I just wanted to see something go our way a little bit, and I think I finally seen it. And I could maybe, maybe possibly see where we could win eight or nine games this year. Okay. That's something. All right, guys, great show tonight. Special thanks to Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuscast on Twitter at Husker Cuscast. Like us on Facebook, look for episodes on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and now BigHeadsMedia.com. Rate, review, and subscribe. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll be back next week as we recap Maryland and preview Iowa. See you then. As always, go Big Red.